0: Can we just stand real fast? And let's continue that clap of praise just real quick. Thank you. All right. Hola, mi Povo. Did I say that right, Brother Honorado? Yes. All right. I just want to say thank you for allowing me to be up here to speak. Pastor, I don't know where pastor is, pastor in here. Uh, Well, I just want to start off by saying thank you to Pastor for the many years that he's given this church and that he's poured into us and everything that he's taught me over through the years. And second, I want to thank you, Kento, for allowing me to be able to go on this mission strip because it it was impactful. It, It changed me in many different ways. And lastly, I just want to say thank you to everyone in this room, for everyone who prayed for us, all those prayers that was prayed. And I just, just thank you. It was, it's very appreciated. Uh, so I want to talk about the trip. I'll share a couple of stories. Some are going to be fun. Some are going to be uh, laughs, and some are going to be serious. But I'll make sure not to take up too much time. Uh, so one of the first people I want to talk about is. Oh, you can have a seat. <laughs> <laughs> I did that in the first service too. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, One of the first people I want to talk about is the Coopers. The Coopers were fantastic. They were great hosts. They gave us amazing hospitality from the breakfast to the dinner to the stories that they taught us from everything that they poured out into us while we were there. So I just want to thank the Coopers for everything that they did for us. Uh, Next I want to talk about is a guy named Carlos. Carlos was our main translator. and. Carlos is 21, and at the age of 21, he's fluent in three different languages, being Portuguese, Spanish, and English. And Carlos is just an all-around amazing guy. Like, one day, I hope that he's able to come here, and you guys will be able to meet him. But I want to share a story about Carlos. Uh, So after service, if you exit out of the church, you kind of go downhill a little bit, they have a soccer field. And we were about to start playing soccer, and he looks at me, and he goes, are you good at soccer? So I'm like, I mean I'm average. But let me specify, I'm American average. Because Brazilian average is American good. They they're great. And he was he's just a, a funny guy. He liked to laugh, he liked to joke. But another funny thing about Carlos, we were sitting in a service and Kento is preaching at this moment. So as Kento's preaching, he says this one sentence, and Carlos stops. He goes, wait, are you sure? And Kento's like, yeah. So then Kento says another sentence right after following up, and he goes, ah, that makes sense. Because when Kento had said, like, he was like, there's no way that that's like, true. like, But then Kento said it, and next thing you know, it made a lot more sense to Carlos. Uh, so another quick story I want to share is about when we were driving to this one church service, it was kind of a ways away. And Brother Cooper stops us and he goes, so I've only driven up this road maybe once or twice, so just, just be ready. So in my mind, I'm like, hmm, this is this, this, like a little steep hill. Like, you know, we'll go up and we'll, we'll be fine. Like, I kid you not. He turns the corner. And as he turns the corner, like, he gasses this thing. Like, it's like Fast and Furious style. And as we're going up this hill, I'm like, this thing is, like, below 45, like, 45 degrees. Like, this thing was steep. And I'm like, forget Cedar Point. Take me to Cedar Brazil because that was fantastic. I will pay money for that. Uh, (laughs) uh, One thing that I learned on this trip, uh, I don't know, do you guys all know who Brian is? Brian, wave your hand real quick. Love you, b Rye. <laughs> Brian has a 40-inch vertical. Like, when I tell you this dude was jumping, like, he would jump, and then he'll hang in the air. Like, it was majestic. Like, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, how is he doing that? Like, Tony, I said to draylin. I was like, hey, you need somebody to get you 20 rebounds, call him. He'll get you 20. <laughs> uh So now I want to transition. Actually, wait, wait, one more quick story. So we had tasks this one day where we were serving, where Sister Cooper and Brother Cooper were giving us tasks around the house to do stuff. Uh, Just to let you know, we don't have spiders here. Like, we have little baby spiders. Like, they got spiders. And to, like, like, to push that point, like, one of the jobs was to clean spider webs. Like, they were everywhere. I remember I, Nolan almost walked right into one when we were leaving a church service. It was, yeah, it was pretty big. But just to share more of the the journeys that we experienced, but I just want to say, before we went, we had meetings before, and we were just trying to see, like, where we were, how everybody's doing, what, like, we wanted to achieve, the, the things that we want to see on this trip. And one of the things that Kento was saying to us, he was saying that, God doesn't call the qualified. He calls the unqualified and qualifies them. And when you're sitting in that meeting, like you're thinking in your mind, you're like, how could God use someone like me? Like with all the things that I've experienced through my life, through all the things that like I've gone through, like there's no way he can use me. But in my head, it's easy to think like, those thoughts. But it's a little bit harder to think with all of this baggage, all of these things that I've experienced, like, God's going to do something through me. It's not me. It's God who's going to do it all. Amen. And one thing that I have saw on the trip was, like, I'm not going to lie, the people who all went, I will fight the enemy any single day with these people. Like, from the start of Kirsten, when we went to the first service, like, it was, it was one of those services where, like, you just got there, you got like, little butterflies in your stomach, like, ooh, do I go pray for this person? Do I go speak with this person? Like, what do I do? And we were all kind of just getting over those jitters. And Kirsten is the one who decided, oh, let me go pray for someone. And thank you, Kirsten, because that gave us our spark. That was – that's what got us going. Yeah, we can give her a hand clap. Good job, Kirsten. And after that, like, it was was game on. Like, we – we're not. We weren't playing any more games. We were. We came here for a mission, and this is what we were going to achieve. And then you have things like Nolan. Nolan, I love Nolan. Nolan is a great guy. Like we were praying, and we went to a couple of churches. Uh, we went like, and we prayed outside for one of them. We were at a convenience store. One of them, and Nolan, like he's Nolan's the life of the party. He goes. Man, we should be dancing and singing in the streets of Brazil. Like, when are we going to get this opportunity again? I'm like, hey, he's right. So let's, let's dance and sing. So you got Nolan saying, let's dance and sing. You got Cody. You got Dominic. And they're giving a service in front of a convenience store. Like, it's not some just random service where we sing, like Safi gets a guitar and sings. Like, we had some praise and worship. And like, they were vulnerable. They shared their stories. And, and I, I could see it impacted some people. And parents, if you had any young ones that went, like, you should be proud of them. Like, when I say these young people went there and like they were not afraid. Like Dominic laying hands on people. Marcus is up there putting his hands on people. Josh, like, it was amazing to see because like sometimes like when you hang around like the guys, like they're they're funny. They like to tell jokes. They like to 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 mess around sometimes, but like when it came to like church, like they were serious. Like we went there with a mission and I was glad that I was able to see these young people do that. And one more story and then I'll close. Uh, One of the churches that we went to, we went there just to pray like around the church and then outside on the streets and we were walking around, we were praying and then we made our way to this one house of this guy who had Uh, It was bone cancer, right? So he had bone cancer. So we went in their house. We prayed for them. And one thing that I learned is, how, like when I said earlier, that how could God use someone like me? It's not about me. What it's about is me saying yes. And then when I said yes to going on this trip, we ended up in the guy's house praying for him with bone cancer. Like a group of kids from Michigan went to Brazil to pray for someone who had bone cancer. The Lord is great, isn't he? So, to the ones who went on this trip, I just want to say, continue seeking God. Continue praying. Continue getting in the word because the enemy saw what you did. I can guarantee you he doesn't like it. Not one bit. So, as you are like, I'm sure some of us have probably had some attacks and the enemy trying to to fight to combat to basically shake up everything that you've done. Stay vigilant, stay on guard, make sure that you get in that word because you're gonna need it. And I completely agree with Pastor Kentel. A missions trip will impact you in so many ways. It's, it's, it's crazy how it impacts you. And to those of you who are thinking about going or never been or, or have some fear about it, remember what Kenzo said. God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the ones that he calls. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <sighs> <clears throat> <groans> oh, obrigado. For those of you that don't speak Portuguese, that just means thank you. For most of us on this trip, that was the extent of our Portuguese vocabulary, which made it a little difficult to communicate with the people there at times. For Kento and Josh Rodriguez, though, that was all they needed to have a whole conversation that only they could understand, at least. (laughs) Speaking of Kento, I want to start by thanking him for taking us on this trip. It couldn't have been easy to manage us all, especially without his lovely wife, Bianca, by his side. I also want to thank all of you for your prayers and any financial support you you may have given to anyone in the group. We appreciate you. The trip was eventful to say the least. We had many ups as well as downs. From getting bit by fire ants and having to run through the pond to get them off of me, slamming into a tree because I decided to listen to Josh Rodriguez, which I won't be doing again. Thank you. Um, Losing my luggage, getting a pop tire on the way home from the airport, to zip lining, archery, soccer in Brazil, people turning their life over to Jesus, people receiving the Holy Ghost, and even some getting baptized. I've made new friends within this group and formed memories that I will always cherish. Spending time so much time with the same group of people, I saw a little um, some other sides of people that I hadn't seen before. Some sides I was really impressed with and I've grown to love um, about these people. And let's just say some other sides. For example, Dominic (laughs) Netto. This poor guy had an allergic reaction to the sun. So his hands were extremely swollen. Like Picture Mickey Mouse gloves as his hands. It was really bad. He was in a lot of pain. Um, so two days of the trip were devoted to work days. So we were given a list of tasks to do around the house, and around the church. There was painting. There was cleaning. There was yard work, more. When I went around to check to see what else needed to be done, I saw Dominic Neto out in the dog's area shoveling. And keep in mind, these are not little pieces he's shoveling. The Coopers had multiple Great Danes, and those are some big dogs. So Dominic was out there working for hours, doing a gross job that he could have easily passed off to someone else because of his hands, but he didn't. So now when I look at Dom, I truly see a servant's heart. When I look at Dom, I also see a teenage boy because even though he was told to not run when he was in there with the dogs, he did so anyway, and they chased him, jumped on him, and ripped his shirt. So good job, Dom. (laughs) My favorite part of this trip was, hands down, the personal growth I saw in everyone. I saw people worship like they've never worshipped before. I sat there, jaw dropped, um, as people in our group spoke. I saw people be prayer warriors on behalf of people they didn't even know. I saw freedom given back to members of this group. I personally was one of them. Let's rewind a little so I can give some backstory. After I came back from my first mission trip to Mexico in July, a spirit came against one of my family members, and it truly turned my life upside down. Feelings of betrayal and worthlessness turned into anxiety and depression. I still worshiped God and prayed because I knew God was good, but most days it didn't really feel that way. It felt like God had gone silent on me and reinforced what I already felt, which was that I'm not enough. Mexico was an incredible experience. It was like everyone says, it really does change your life. I felt so on fire for God. I felt used by God. So I immediately signed up for the next mission trip to Brazil. I was so pumped for it, but as times drew near, the lies started getting whispered back into my ear. You're not enough, you can't be used because you don't have talents. You can't be used because you're struggling right now. You're ugly, you're stupid, you're weak, you're alone, on and on and on. One night before the trip, I started to think I should back out. Then I thought of everyone who was praying for me, everyone who financially supported me, and everyone who was waiting to see how God was going to use me. I was encouraged by all of you. So I took time to write down some expectations for the trip. God is capable of all things. So I wrote down some pretty hefty expectations. So now move forward a little bit. We are in Brazil, we get to the first church service and I'm ready. In Mexico, every church service meant jumping and dancing until everyone was red in the face and sweaty. Um, So, I was there waiting in full anticipation of what was going to happen. Well, the music started. I start singing and worshiping, and I do my scan around the room, you know, to see who I can pray for, and I just see people standing at their pews, kind of lacking emotion. So I thought, okay, maybe they need some time to warm up, get into the worship set. So I go back to worshiping, and a few minutes later I do the scan again, and it's still the same thing. So I remember thinking in that moment, God is here, I know God is here, and I'm not waiting anymore. So I went and started praying for a lady. Other members of our group followed suit, and it felt like it sparked something. The people responded to us praying for them. It was a great service, someone got the Holy Ghost, but I walked away still feeling a little disappointed. I was wondering why God wasn't doing more. I wasn't seeing miracles, I wasn't seeing people get baptized, and the Holy Ghost number was rather low. I realized the same doubts I was feeling at home about God not doing anything and doubts about my own value followed me to Brazil, and I had to change my mindset. Every soul won is a victory, and even if I don't see it with my own two eyes, God is moving. Later, uh, it was made abundantly clear that God is moving, at the end of every single church service, someone would say, the city's name belonged to Jesus. And then we would all yell, hallelujah, as loud as we could. For the first couple of services, I was like, okay, that's cool. Don't really get it, but fun. That's awesome. I like it. Um, but then later, Sister Cooper ended up explaining the meaning behind it. So the devil is the prince of the power of the air. And when we yell, we are disrupting him. And we are taking control by breaking up the air molecules. It's not repetitive to them. It's purposeful each and every time. It gave me a reminder that each day I need to surrender myself to God because I belong to God. I might not have conquered anxiety and depression yet, but God has, and I have faith that he will do it again for me. The Coopers are a wonderful and wise family, and every conversation we had with them was a blessing. One night after dinner, brother and sister Cooper were talking with all of us, and they were telling us a story. And I'm sitting there amazed, because it seems like they just read my soul, because it just hit home with what they were saying. And the next day, we all had an individual check-in with Kento, and he looked at me and said, you know they were talking to you, right? So that just gave me a reminder, an example of God showing me I was meant to be there. I was enough to be there. Sister Cooper also warned us that night that when we come back, we can't go back to living the same way as before. We were given a spiritual authority here, and any door we have open to the enemy needs to be shut. In my heart, I felt like I needed to take it a step further. For me, I didn't think it was enough to just shut the door. I needed to shut it and then lock it. I needed to protect myself against it. This trip was filled with so many experiences and realizations. I could go on and on. But I'm going to end with a memory that filled my heart with an abundance of joy. For those of you that don't know, I'm a fourth-grade teacher, and I serve on the kids' team here at church. Um, I love pouring into kids and worshiping God with them, If you ask any of the kids, I'm sure they'll tell you I love action songs. I go all out on action songs, Um, more so than the kids even, usually. (laughs) Um, So, well, it was no surprise that Kento asked me to lead Sunday school in Brazil. And the sweetest moment was when these kids were dancing with me. And we danced together to both English and Portuguese songs. We took turns teaching each other our culture's dances. The joy in that room was indescribable. And there was another example of God showing me I was meant to be there. I am truly grateful for the experiences I've had on this trip. Thanks to this trip, my strength in God was renewed, and I was able to restore my relationship with him. I came back changed, and I'm sure many others on the trip would say the same. Thank you.
2: Well. They got me, (laughs) I'm here speaking. In Brazil, I was, they had me speak to their 14 and 18 year old youth group um, at one of these churches. And so I spoke to them, you know, told them a little bit about myself. And after that day, I was supposed to speak like two different times at two other churches. And luckily the altar call at the start of each service Continued to the end of the service. And I didn't have to speak. It was nice. It was nice. But uh, I'm here. I didn't get away from it. They got me. But, yeah. Another thing is, looking back at these pictures, dude, I had hair. I just went to the bathroom before the service and looked in the mirror. That's crazy. I missed that. So I apologize for all of you looking at me right now. So, But um, yeah, God did amazing things in Brazil. I didn't come too prepared. If you know me, I don't like being stressed out. I usually ignore it. So when I knew I was gonna speak here today, I didn't think about it till this morning. And, but I brought you one thing that I thought was crazy was at the start of this trip, I wasn't fully prepared. You know, I didn't think that I was ready, but at the same time, like I was mentally ready, but not spiritually ready. And so I'd go throughout the first couple services we had, the first couple days we were there, and like I would just, all I knew is that this, what we're doing, this mission that we're on, we were supposed to touch other people and let God use us that's what I was praying for. God used me, um, during these services. So I'd be laying hands on people. And so the first couple services, I wasn't feeling the connection to God that I wanted, but I think, I think it was sister Cooper. It was someone, um, explaining that it starts with praise, um, praising God, um, that is what like unlocks something. And that's what unlocks something for me, was I started to praise. I started to jump up and down, not worry about anything else, and lift Jesus' name up. And one service, it just broke out. I was crying like a big old baby, and so was everyone else. Doors were opened for everyone in that room, seriously. It unlocks something. And so that's my main message to you all, is praising the Lord with all your heart. It can uh, work well with all your other prayers. It can, your connection to God will be that much more just with your praise. And that's what I got for you guys today. Thank you very much.
3: Amen. Uh, Before I say anything, I I do think that it's only appropriate for First Church to just stand for a moment. And let's just put our hands together because the Coopers are online right now. I just want to give a quick shout out. Thank you guys so much for watching. We love you so much. Thank you to the Coopers for everything that they did for us in Brazil. Um, Such an amazing, amazing. You guys can be seated. Such an amazing, amazing couple that we got connected with, uh, with the Coopers like I said, I want to thank the Coopers. I want to thank my pastor and, and his wife. And I want to thank this church as well for having a heart for missions. But more than anybody else, I, I really want to just make sure that the young people that I went on this trip with understands how much I appreciate just the opportunity to go with them because it's, it's, it's just a, it's such a special thing. Cause I get to, I get to have the understanding and the backstory for a lot of these young people who went. Like, I know them. And so, when I talk about this group, I, when I look at the group, it, it's a group of people who don't necessarily feel qualified to be used by God. That sometimes the past can be so much bigger than, than what God's trying to take you to be. But for, for, for people who feel that way, there's such an anointing that comes with somebody who's just willing to say, yes, I'll go. Just the just saying, yes, I'm going to go, that's when God just comes in and shifts everything inside of us, and it's a powerful, powerful thing, and so I just appreciate every single person that went on this trip. It, it, it changed my life as well, and not to get too far ahead of myself, but I'm excited for the next trip in July of 2024. It's going to be a good time then as well, but when you start to talk about First Church and what we believe in and who we are, we call ourselves Apostolic Pentecostals. And it's really important to understand where these words derive from, where they come from. You see, in order to call yourself a Pentecostal, you must also experience and identify with what happened on the day of Pentecost, the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And now you can say, this is what I believe in that is meant for everybody, and I'm a Pentecostal because of what happened on that day. But to be apostolic is something different all in and of itself. To be apostolic, you have to obey and agree with the teachings of the apostles, but also to become an apostle. You see, the word apostolos means one who is sent off. Which means to be an apostolic, you have to be willing to be sent off. You have to be willing to go. And I'm not talking about a missions trip. I'm not talking about flying overseas. I'm talking about to your neighbors or your coworkers or, or just a friend. The the, the the want and desire to change somebody else's life based off of what God's done for you makes you an apostolic And it's a completely different perspective that a lot of young people just got to experience when you go and say, I'm going to church, not for myself. I'm going for somebody else's sake. And it changes everything. You see, Bianca and I, we've been taking students on missions trips before we were ever married because we believe in what missions trips can do for a young person. There's nothing that I know of that can change somebody's life in such a condensed amount of time than a missions trips. It changes your perspective. It changes your expectation of what God can do, not just in a church service, but through you. And Brazil was no exception to this at all. It was so, it, the beautiful scenery, incredible people, amazing church services. It was just an amazing, amazing trip. And what made Brazil so special and different than any other trip that I've been to is that in, in Brazil, the the group was able to minister to the church of Brazil while at the same time the church would minister to us in such a personal and special way. The Coopers explained to us that they've had so many groups from all across America, all different sizes, come for mission trips to, to, to Brazil with them. And they said that without a doubt, this is one of the most personal experiences any group has ever had. And I believe it's because our young people went with the expectation of I'm just going to put it all on the line. I don't care what I've done before. I don't care. I don't care about what, what the devil might say I, I am worth. I, I'm just going to put it all on the line and just see what God can do through me. And it was special. Just a little backstory: Ten years ago. Uh, this church sent a group of ten guys to Brazil to the Coopers to build their first sanctuary, and he, he'll put a picture up or a video. Uh, so it was the Nettos, both Netto brothers, and then Andrew Hill and a bunch of other guys. But it was it was cool to watch uh, Marcus and Dom and Reagan go into the building that their fathers built. And, and to experience that. You see that building that, that their fathers built is now the youth building. Now it's the youth sanctuary because the church outgrew it and they built onto it and they did such an awesome job in the last 10 years on what they did on that property. But it was just this cool thing to see what happened, what started 10 years ago and where it is now. Brother Cooper asked me when we were in Brazil, like, hey, how did you guys even end up in Brazil? Like he didn't even know how 10 guys from First Church ended up in Brazil 10 years ago. Uh, It turns out, brother Dwayne West went on a missions trip with brother Haddaball, and they kind of got connected and found out. And we just were able to send ten guys. But if you can put up a picture of the guys' cabin for a second, it was such an amazing, amazing time in Brazil. What I love about missions trips is all the memories that we get. See that that picture right there? That's the guys' house. That's what all ten guys uh, we lived there for for the ten days and. Like, Brazil is just a special place, man. When you start talking about culture shock, there's some, there's some shocking things culturally that happen. Like, who knew how blessed Americans are, the ability to flush toilet paper. Like, that's a special thing when you can't do that somewhere else. And so, like, I, like some unspeakable things happen in that house, just to say the least. Some things that we can't even talk about. But... Uh, we apologized in Brazil, and I'm apologizing publicly as well to the Coopers for every single toilet that might have been clogged. For broken ovens, that was, that was Marcus Neto. For flooded washing machines, that was Joey. We apologized for it all. Um, but it was just a special trip. So many amazing memories, you know. Waking up to the sound of M80s at, at 6 in the morning, just going off fireworks, just waking me up. People almost blowing up a chicken breaking parks that kids played on just it was just a special place man it was just awesome time but what really made it special were the church services that we were able to be a part of and and the times when we got to speak with the Coopers you see every single service that we went to somebody received the Holy Ghost for the first time um one of the services was in front of a corner store and and when we started and I'll explain this in a little bit but Brother Cooper said you see those two houses right across those two houses are are owned by leaders of a religion called Macumba, which is a witchcraft in in Brazil. And we just began to worship. And I remember looking out, and one of the houses I saw, whoever lived there, one of the leaders of Macumba just taking a video of us and and FaceTiming somebody. It was just cool, man, just to be so deep into it spiritually. There was another service where we went to a small church, and we began to just worship, and worship went on so 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 well that that church right there that we couldn't even speak we just let the altar call roll out and in that service for the first time there was a lady that came back to church for the first time she, she left years ago but she got re infilled with the holy ghost she got, she got filled again and then also two more people got filled for the very first time and after that service brother cooper says you have no idea what just happened here today He said, for the last three years, nobody has ever received the Holy Ghost in that church for the last three years. But God broke something today. You have no idea what happened today. And like they explained, we would walk up and down these streets, just going from house to house, praying for people. And they would speak to us, and they would speak to our group. And I can talk to the Coopers and say, you have no idea what just happened here today. The things that you just said just spoke, just right, you just you just punched somebody right in the face with your words. You have no idea what was just said today. And... and I just want to talk, just give a little testimony of what happened, one of the stories that happened in Brazil. The fact is, majority of the testimonies that happened, I can't even talk about because of how personal they are to the people that went. But one story that was just special was in Brazil, They, like I mentioned before, they have a religion called Macumba, which is witchcraft. And it became popular in Brazil, but it started off in Africa. And we were told that it was a big part, it was a big thing in the area that we were going to. And Brother Cooper, before he went down, he said, you need to watch out because on the road you'll see like a little built Altar that these people would make on—it's always at a crossroad for some reason—and it would have a couple bowls. It would have candles lit, uh, alcohol, cigars, just just flowers, just just weird stuff. And he said, "Whenever we come across it, we're going to knock it over. We're going to pray over it. We're going to—we're just going to anoint that place." Um, That's a video of it. But it, this this religion, this 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 witchcraft is just so powerful in this place, and you could see it on some people that would come to the church on the first Sunday service. We 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 had service and there was a lady and we just said, hey, if you want the Holy Ghost, let's, let's just begin to pray. Let's come up to the front. And there was a lady in the crowd and she began to pray with Sister Cooper and she received the Holy Ghost for the first time. And Brother Cooper came up to me and afterwards and he said, you have no idea what just happened here today. He said, the church here understands what happened, but you have no idea what just happened. He said that, For the last five years, this lady has been attending our church. In fact, five years to the Sunday minus a week. She came on Easter Sunday five years ago. And what happened was the first time she came to our church... Uh, her daughter came up for prayer, and she became, and she got the Holy Ghost for the first time. But afterwards, this lady would talk to us and said that I wasn't, I was trying to leave the place. I wanted to get out as badly as I could, because there was a voice in my head that was saying, get out of here, get out of here. You have no, I have no power here. But she stayed because of her daughter. And she said that after that, this lady became, she got baptized in the church, but she was still uh, tied to this Macumba uh, through, through relatives. And just through her past, they have churches of Macumba, this witchcraft church in Brazil. And she said that she went to, she, she went to one of the churches or, or something happened where she was drugged. They, something that they do in this religion is they would drug somebody in order to make them a prophetic entity between demons and earth. And so she was drugged so that she could be used as a voice. A demonic voice uh, for this religion. But she said that after somebody drugged her, she was able to get up out of this building and she began to walk away and stumble out and, and begin to walk out. And she, when she looked back, all the people who had just attacked her were just standing at the door, just looking at her. But so she was able to just walk away. But she walked away and she said the next day I was just so confused because they would, they should have ran after me. They should have chased me down. They should have attacked me again. And so she went back to ask them out of curiosity, why didn't you chase me down and as she approached them they kind of stood back and said hey hold up and she said why didn't you chase me down last night and they said it's because when we began to pursue you the second we began to pursue you we saw this giant wall of fire just just rise up between you and I and we could not touch you we could not get to you we just couldn't do it in fact they said you need to get away from us right now you need to leave us and so Sister Cooper began to pray for this lady during the altar call. She said as she was praying for her, she felt a, ch- a pain in her chest, just this deep pain. So she brought some other people to help pray for this girl. And she said, and, and, and as they prayed through it, she, she was filled with the Holy Ghost for the first time. And this lady said that, I felt this pain in my chest as well as we were praying. But in that moment, something broke. And the Coopers looked back and said, you have no idea what has happened. We've had visions and dreams about this lady becoming a becoming a prayer warrior becoming somebody that brings people to church and in this moment the church understands but God broke something here today God broke something and one of the biggest lessons I learned in Brazil is how God just needs to change just one degree of our lives and everything else just changes everything else just falls into order like I've seen it. I can't even talk about it because it's personal for some people, but I've seen God just just take someone's life and just turn it one degree north. I've seen it in church services that's never had somebody receive the Holy Ghost in three years, but just one, one, one random little group from Michigan just come in just to, just to start worship, and something just shifts in the atmosphere, and just everything changes after that point. A lady coming to church still struggling with witchcraft, but the power of God just comes in, and just for a moment just shifts to just one degree north, and everything else just falls into line. It's like God is, is taking, taking everything that we've been building. You see, we've been planning to go to Brazil for the last four years, but God's saying this timing is perfect right where it is right now. And so we're able to go, and God just impacts not just the church of Brazil in such a, such a personal way, but every single person that went to Brazil in such a special personal way where everything just lined up to where the power of God is able to impact somebody's perspective of what God can do through you to change somebody's identity when everything else says that your past is too big and you're not good enough God's saying but watch what I can do through you in this moment right now and so if the church can just stand in the moment I want to invite you to the front for anybody who needs prayer God's in this place right now you see I I, I don't want to come to church anymore and not be willing to say you have no idea what happened on that Sunday you have no idea what God did in that person's life you see you can look around and people are just praying but for some people in the room you have no idea what God's planning on doing for somebody who's just willing to reach out and say God I just want to touch from you I have no idea what you set up in history what you set up through space and time for moments just like this but i believe with everything inside of me that if you can change anybody you've got a willing heart right here so let's begin to pray church and say god whatever you want in my life i'm lining myself up all i need is one small shift and everything else in my life just changes all i need is one small push from god and everything lines up in the name of jesus let's just begin to worship in jesus name the author and finisher of my
4: salvation, God. I will know.